Today's TribCast is presented by UT Austin, the University of Texas at Austin, serving Texans through life-changing education and world-changing research. More at utexas.edu. And the MD Anderson Boot Walk. Let's give cancer the boot. Come out November 10th for MD Anderson's Boot Walk to End Cancer. Sign up today at give.mdanderson.com. Texas Talking Out. What was that that you said? Texas Talking Out. Gonna hoop upside your head. Texas Talking Out. Tell me who can you trust when Texas Gods are everyone. This is Katie Couric. Hopefully you know who I think I am. Anyway, I host another podcast you might like. You just search my name wherever you get your favorite podcast. Meanwhile, enjoy this week's TribCast. I hear it's really good. I'm excited to listen to. Now here's your host, Emily Ramshaw. Thank you. This is Emily Ramshaw here on Wednesday, September 18th with your Texas Tribune Tribcast, our weekly Texas politics and policy podcast. I'm joined this week by CEO Evan Smith. I really think this whole discussion with Svitek about what he eats is going to make me puke in the middle of the podcast. Nobody even knows that we've been having this conversation about what Svitek eats. I know. Eats. We'll I'm talk feeling about really it. queasy. Cheetos, Reese's Pieces, you're caught up. <laughs> <laughs> I wish if che- Cheetos is the healthiest thing he eats. He needs a lot of fuel to be our top campaign reporter. He's not even on the air right now. Uh, Executive editor Ross Ramsey. Howdy. And our remarkable events director, Agnes Varnum. Good morning. Is, if Good his, morning, his whole job Agnes. Description is fill me with crap and I'll cover the cruise campaign. And is that in just what a is? few minutes, we That's are going to model. bring on political reporter Patrick Svitek, who is unable to defend himself because he's not on a mic right now. He can't be here because he's under the the greased under the tray influence. at Kane's Fried <laughs> Chicken. This is really on, unfair. On okay. <laughs> Agnes, I want to start with you. Uh, it's your inaugural visit on the Tribcast. Welcome, and you're here so to. Sorry. I know. Apologies. <laughs> you're here to tell our audience about our whole new Texas Tribune. Festival, which is just a week away. So for starters, Agnes, tell us uh, what is different about this year's festival? How is this festival different from all other festivals? That's for you, Evan. Oh, my God. This podcast is Jewish. I mean, I'm married to one. Okay. Agnes, tell us. Uh, Well, for starters, we are starting the festival on Thursday, and we've added a whole additional day of programming. So we're going to be kicking off uh, with podcasts, including the Tribcast, uh, all day for free and open to anybody to attend on Thursday uh, the 27th next week and we're going to have our opening keynote at the ACL Live uh, downtown Austin with uh, Secretary, former Secretary John Kerry. We're going to have a, about an hour and a half of conversation about what it means to be a teenage girl at, at Emily's insistence. I mean, you shouldn't use the term someone acts like a teenage girl. It is like my least favorite line. But anyway, I'm sure it will be a robust discussion between two I'm sure white Secretary men on Kerry stage. I'm sure will love to have that conversation you know, with you, know, you Honestly, I cop to being a white man. There's not much I can do about that. All right. Unfortunately, Evan is moderating that conversation. Uh, oh, you're on the podcast for five minutes and you're roasting me? She's completely in Seriously? the Seriously? It's I, like you've I, been here forever. I all right, let her continue. Uh, all day Friday, and then all day Friday and Saturday with panels. Um, we, we have, what, 360 speakers confirmed for this year. We've you're got... paying to fly every one of them to Austin. We've got 90 <laughs> panels, um, so we've significantly increased the amount of programming and then along with that we're on Saturday the 29th we're including an entire free and open to the public segment of the festival so we're really excited that um, even if you don't have a badge you can still come down and participate in a 
lot of the events that are going on. Wonderful. Yes, but we like it better when you pay. I was going to say, Evan wants you to pay, but you can come well, down for free Agnes anyway. Well, has spent $3 million on this festival. Uh, Evan, <laughs> tell us about the people we've spent $3 million to bring to town. Well, there are many of them. Actually, to be clear, unlike the New Yorker Festival, we don't pay anyone to yeah, attend. Yeah, we don't pay We don't pay people. You just in have fact, to show up on your fact, own volition. sometimes they have to pay us. Well, that's actually <laughs> that just sounded good. Um, that sounded bad, actually. You know, it, the festival is basically... It's like the legislature. There are basically three tranches. Um, the first tranche is Texas stuff. The second tranche is uh, national stuff. And then there's a small tranche uh, that is the intersection of politics and the press. In other words, the politics and press content is like the Democrats in the legislature. It's the smallest tranche. Nobody gets this metaphor. Keep going. All right, fine. I like it. I uh, thought you were going to say uh, there's so many jokes when you say it's just like the legislature. Yes, every old white and male. All the well, (laughs) yes, a little bit. Um, Boring, only because that's the composition of the legislature. I think I think that the festival programming is so much more diverse than the legislature. Get out. Of course. Oh my God. Get out. It would be hard not to be. But the white male contingent is high. You have to work harder. Well, I mean, there's white. I'm. I'm, Well, you know, we're we're working on it every year for it to be better and better. Um, It's going to be amazing. I mean, seriously. So so we have a lot of a lot of discussions of Texas politics and the legislature coming up, issues in play right now. Of course, the elections coming up in as we sit here about 50 days. By the festival, it'll be you know closer to 40 days away. A lot of big national political conversations that are coming to Texas, including a lot of people who are in office in other states, governors, state representatives, United States senators, a lot of people who are considering a run for president in 20. 20 uh, people at the center of the big national conversation that's in your Twitter feed right now or on your cable news channel. And then I really do admire so many big uh, uh, national reporters, uh, people whose names you know and whose faces you see all the time and who are doing the most impactful journalism of our time. Um, and many of those folks are going to be in town. No, all I'll say is no news had better break over that weekend. Unless it's happening at because the Because all of those it's going to have to everybody, be here you know, in Austin. Right. Um, Agnes, Bri- a couple Brian, questions. Brian Williams is going to be talking to a meat stick on the, the 11th hour Friday night because there'll be nobody available to be on his show. A couple questions coming in oh, on social media, Agnes. Sarah asks, I'm a student at UT and I got the student pass for the festival. I'm wondering, does that give me access to all of the events? It gives you access to all of the regular programming. So we have a few special events. You like planted the, that question, didn't you? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> they just can't believe how great the rate is for the student pass. Um, it is, it, it is 50, I mean, 50 bucks is a bargain. It is a bargain. A bargain. And that's because we want students at the event. We've right. had about full third of attendees students in the past, and we want to keep that yeah. ratio. So You accidentally um, get to graze against Amy Klobuchar for 50 bucks. How great is that? And Matha wants to know, is it too late to sign up for volunteer shifts for the festival? No, we still have plenty of volunteer sh- shifts left to fill. Um, so we are absolutely taking uh, volunteers. You get a, for a four-hour shift, you get a free day pass. And if you volunteer for more shifts, you can get more access the two things that i think are super cool um in addition to open congress the street festival are there's going to be yoga on the capitol lawn both i guess friday, friday and, and saturday, saturday morning. at seven o'clock in the morning and those are free and open to anybody to attend yeah, so if you want to come with do legislators <laughs> we'll try it's like goat yoga wow. you get a legislator to climb yoga. on your back the only thing that could make this festival better 
for me is Jonathan Stickland in the downward dog position. I'm going to send him an invite oh, as soon yeah. as I uh, live here. Oh, my God. Uh, Agnes, I think on that note, I'm going to just ask you, how much are tickets at this present time? And then we'll let you go. Uh, we have, a th it's $300 for the walk up right, but we're in fall member drive right now. So I'd be remiss if I didn't say it's a $200 member ticket with your membership. So go ahead and sign up and get a great rate on the festival. And I think if you're an Austin American Statesman subscriber as of today, there's a Spadia yes. wrap around the paper that offers a discount as a statesman. A statesman, statesman subscriber, subscriber discount as Was well. Was there a Slate subscription discount? Or a, uh, yeah, lots of our media, media partners, partners have, are offering have discounts, discounts as well. So right. um, become a member or read our partner media uh, publications. If you want to come, there's a price point for you that we can help you find. Absolutely. Right. And this Saturday the 29th is absolutely free and open to anybody. And can I say one thing left? Agnes Barnum is such a badass. <laughs> the Texas Tribune is filled with people who never get the credit that they deserve and who yeah. make this place amazing. And Agnes Varnum is sitting at the top of that pyramid today. Plus one. Thank you, Evan. I'll leave Patrick. <laughs> All, right. All right. That was the most fun I've ever had during an advertorial. Patrick, we're Gino excited Boy. to have you back up here. Uh, so what? we had a very special, special election last Patrick night. Patrick is brought to you by Nabisco. <laughs> <laughs> right. Evan, work on that sponsorship. He wishes Nabisco is healthier than the uh, The race to represent the Texas Senate between Pete Flores and Pete Gallego. What happened? Drum roll, please. Uh, somebody named Pete won. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, yeah, the Republican pulled off this uh, major upset. It was a special election runoff for uh, Carlos Uresti's, uh, the seat formerly held by San Antonio Democrat Carlos Uresti, who uh, resigned after being found guilty of, uh, I think it was 11 felonies uh, earlier this year. Um, it was, uh, you know, quite an upset and it was fueled by all these Republican groups and Republican leaders getting on the same page in the runoff and putting the full weight uh, of their uh, political operations behind uh, the Republican Pete Flores. Uh, the lieutenant governor tapped his own campaign funds to the tune of, I think, almost $175,000, at least in disclosed spending, to help Flores do mail, voter contact, ads. So you had, like, really the full weight of the statewide, uh, some of the statewide Republican uh, machine uh, behind him. And uh, he was able to uh, in terms of the geography of the district last night, he was able to not get blown out in Bear County, which was always critical if he was going to stand a chance last night and, and drive up turnout and win by huge margins in the big Republican counties, places like uh, Medina um, and uh, Blanket on the other one, but his home county. Atascosa. Atascosa. Mm -hmm. There you go. Um, and so, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is something that Republicans obviously last night were kind of jubilant about. and. For them, it, it you know takes a little bit of the um, you know shine off this idea of a, a blue wave in November. Uh, clearly, turnout in November is going to be different than turnout was last night, and it's going to you know these races that are contested in November are going to be happening uh, in other parts of the state. Um, but you know this, I think this is you know much needed uh, kind of good news for Republicans who've been you know all summer looking at these polls showing a tightening Senate race, for example. And some Tightening U.S. Senate race. U.S. Senate race right. and some of these congressional races where things are really, really heated right now. Right. I mean, Ross, how much of this is about turnout in a special election, you know, versus the way San Antonio might be trending? Well, I think that there's a ton of that. I think, you know, the San Antonio thing was, you know, San Antonio went for Gallego by the last time I looked, 15 or 1600 votes. You know, and as Patrick said, Medina County and Atascosa County um, and Nuvaldi County all went strongly for Flores, and that turned it. For the Republican leadership, this was an opportunity in a district that has voted pretty strongly for Democratic senators 
to come in and take advantage of low turnout in a special election and turn out their voters. They, they turned it on really, really well, sort of like they send in a Republican bomb squad. What they get out of this is an insurance seat that's really important to holding an important supermajority in the Texas Senate. And I think, you know, Dan Patrick, you know, that's why Dan Patrick was involved in it, or one of the reasons why Dan Patrick was involved in it. It's one of the reasons why Greg Abbott got involved. Um, they were, they'd love, they love winning the seat. They really, really love holding on to the Senate. Let, let, let's, all the niceties now out, how we said all the nice things we want to say. Oh, the Republicans did it great. Oh, Matt McCoviak is God incarnate. Matt McCoviak, if you're listening, Evan just called you God oh, incarnate. That was Matt McCoviak. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the county by county map. Let's talk about what happened. The Democrats suck. <laughs> they had this Senate seat for 34 years. The Democrats suck. A Democratic candidate could not get arrested in a special election, okay? Yeah. I mean, this is, it's so embarrassing that they lost the seat. Let's just say it. I think that's right. Uh, on is. that note, Tyler Norris asks, what did you think of the Texas Democrats' statement saying Governor Abbott, quote, stole the election from Democrats? That that statement was based on, like, you know, when Abbott set the special election. If you election can't get board. your voters to the polls, you right. can't win yeah. elections. Right. That's totally really agree. very that's simple. That's like some numbnuts have, with his wallet hanging half out of his pocket complaining about being pickpocketed. Yeah. I mean, first, I read that statement. My eyes rolled yeah, about wonder, as far yeah, back in my would, head would, as would possible. Governor Lupe Valdez promised to only put special elections right. in November. <laughs> you know, the uniform election. Democrats don't have any kind it's of infrastructure on the ground, on that and they're not, by the way. they're not turning out voters in these kinds of elections, and, you know, frankly, they're not turning them out in regular general elections or regular primaries. They're just, you know, Democrats have a real problem getting people to the polls, and they've all kind of fallen back on this line, this is not a Republican state, this is a non-voting state. Well, if you're if the people that are going to get you into office are non-voters, you're not going to get into office. And, and plus, the reason that they're non-voters is because you're incompetent at turning people out. How did you not see this? I mean, this is why, I mean, right. and I agree on just about everything he said. I take issue with calling this an upset. It's not an upset. Yeah. This, you could have seen this coming five miles up the road that they were gonna lose this thing. We talked about it on the Stripcast. Yeah, I mean, one, one of the signs you saw was during early voting last week where um, there were some folks that did an analysis of early vote turnout, right. and you saw the biggest increases in early vote turnout from the special election on July 31st to the special election runoff yesterday were in mostly in the Republican, the strong Republican counties while Bayer remained uh, right. flat, mm -hmm. or mostly flat. And so there were some signs emerging last week yeah. that this was gonna be a, a Pretty competitive race. If I had a had Democratic member of the legislature say to me last night, complaining that I was complaining on Twitter about how bad the Democrats were and how the San Antonio Democrats in particular had done a bad job. And this person wrote me privately and said, it's really not fair to put this on us. We did our job. Pete, meaning Gallego, won Bear County. Yeah, but you know what? He should have won Bear it's, County you gotta win on by 10,000 votes. It doesn't matter that Hillary Clinton won you know, this state or that state, if she lost the election, doesn't matter. Pete Gallego right. won Bear County if he lost the election. If the Democrats had simply turned out all of the voters who voted in round one, they would have had 59% of the vote. Man, poor Pete Gallego can't catch a break. He's done, I think. I think this is, you know, three and you're out. This yeah. is the third election in a row in a district that, um, you know, twice in the congressional district, now in the Senate district that largely mirrors it. 
Um, I think that's probably it. Mm -hmm. Donna asks, how will the Republican supermajority in the Senate affect the House Speaker's race? Said Donna Cameron. Uh, or Donna Howard. <laughs> Which Donna? <laughs> I think Donna Howard pretty much knows how to affect the House Speaker. <laughs> I doubt Donna Campbell is listening to the Tribcast in I real lost time. the question completely. How will the Republican supermajority in the Senate affect the House Speaker's race? You know, if the House wants to be an oppositional force to the Senate, or if they want to, you know, if you want to be gentle about it, if they want to let the Senate continue to be the gas pedal and the House to be the brake, then they'll get someone like uh, Joe Strauss, who, you know, on whatever issues they're concerned about, will keep the people on the floor from having to vote, you know, like the bathroom bill last time. You know, that's really the big question in the House race and, and in the race for speaker is what is it that the members of the House want? Do they generally wish the House got along better with the governor and the lieutenant governor and the Senate? Or do they kind of like the way things are going? And, you know, House, you know, in, in all kinds of different atmospheres, you know, both ideological, institutional, kind of likes to travel with its middle finger up. So, you know, I think the opposition to the Senate will probably um, have a lot to do with who gets elected speaker. How does Tuesday night's outcome uh, affect the Beto Cruz race, or at least all these folks who are, you know, so excited about about Beto being allegedly within striking distance? I mean, is this a big wet blanket when it really, because voter turnout is the big question here? You know, I, I, I'm very hesitant to draw any hard conclusions about what last night means mm -hmm. for the U.S. Senate race in November. Um, what I will say is we've, you know, in terms of predicting where democratic enthusiasm is going to be in Texas in November, we're starting, you know, we have some, we're starting to see kind of this body of evidence uh, that it's really not concentrated in places like SD19 or Texas 23. It's it, 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 the, the biggest concentrations of it, I think, are emerging in the suburbs within the triangle made up of Dallas, Houston, I guess San Antonio is obviously a point on that, but it's just kind of one part of 23 slash SD19. Right. Uh, we saw two interesting polls, live polls from the New York Times this week. Obviously, they're not, they're just one poll snapshot in time. But you had the Republican in Texas 23, Will Hurd, up by a decent amount over his Democrat challenger, Gina Ortiz Jones there, and Ted Cruz winning that congressional district mm -hmm. by, I think, four points. And then over, you had a much tighter race over in suburban and exurban Houston with uh, John Culberson only ahead of his Democratic challenger by three points, and Cruz losing pretty badly uh, in that district. And so I think it's interesting just to kind of continue to keep an eye on this idea of a blue wave and, you know, geographically where on the political landscape it's going to crash in Texas. I don't think it's going to be crashing in the area of Texas 23 or SD19. And to that point, you know, O'Rourke has put a lot of his chips on this strategy. I'm going to go to all these places, including places where Democrats typically don't win, and I'm going to turn out as many Democrats as possible from those communities, and ultimately I'm going to stitch together a quilt of an electorate that's going to get me over the line. Well, the reality is he may really be better suited to running up the score in some of these places with more people. You know, famously, Obama only beat Mitt Romney in Harris County in 2012 by fewer than 1,000 votes. Hillary Clinton beat Donald Trump in Harris County by more than 160,000 mm -hmm. votes. The conventional right. wisdom is O'Rourke is going to blow crews out in Harris County. The way that you win... <laughs> is, that, is that the conventionalism? I think it is, that O'Rourke is going to blow Cruz out in Harris County. Yes, I think that is the conventionalism. I've heard that from Cruz people. Yeah. Well, it's a prediction I'd make. I just don't know if it's the conventional wisdom. I think it is the conventional wisdom <laughs> that, that, that the bluer... <laughs> Evans conventional I absolutely believe it is, that the bluer areas of the state are going to go much... Blue, it's going to be bluer blues and redder reds. This is going to be a Clorox election, right? Harris County is going to go big Democrat. And that the question is, is O'Rourke better off trying to get 
run up the score in those places or to try to pick up a vote here and a vote here in Atascosa County and in Dimebox and shit like that. You don't need to pick up votes in those places. You just need to keep them from going hard red. He has right. to do two things here. He has to bring in stronger Democratic votes than his predecessors have, and he's got to hope that Cruz doesn't do the same thing with the Republicans. You know, if they both increase their votes, Cruz wins. It's a red state. If the Republican vote is a little bit suppressed or a little bit lazy or a little bit complacent, whatever it is, uh, that opens an opportunity for, you know, Democrats if they show up in numbers. But, you know, Beto O'Rourke's going to try to light up the triangle, I think, like, like um, Patrick said. And Cruz is going to try to, you know, get his Republican votes just to turn out. And the upshot of that is that Cruz will have coattails, I mean, uh, uh, pardon me, O'Rourke will have coattails in some of those communities. You know, O'Rourke helps Lizzie Fletcher, whether or not O'Rourke wins. O'Rourke helps Colin Allred. Right. O'Rourke helps Julie Johnson. O'Rourke helps uh, the, and other Democrats running to defeat incumbent House members. Republicans, in, right? In Dallas and yeah. perhaps in Houston and perhaps in a couple places. Regardless of the Texas. outcome of the Senate race, he helps other races. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, before our next topic, I want to thank another TribCast sponsor, the Texas Conference for Women, presenting the Me Too Workplace, What's Changed and What You Need to Know. Join labor law leader Grace E. Spates for a free teleclass September 25th. Learn more at texasconferenceforwomen.org. Uh, I want to just pivot to talking about the latest Cruz uh, O'Rourke polling. We've seen two different polls this week. I know uh, you all have varying feelings about these particular polls, but at least tell us what the margins we're seeing are and what they might mean. Yeah, on, on Tuesday, we had a poll from Quinnipiac University. It was the first likely voter poll that they've done in the race after doing, I think, three registered voter polls earlier this year. Phone or online or what? This is phones, Fun. Um, and it had uh, crews up by nine among likely voters. And then uh, today, Wednesday, there was a poll that was put out by Reuters uh, that had O'Rourke uh, ahead by two points among likely voters. It was an online poll. Mm -hmm. The sample in the Reuters poll in terms of the partisan makeup looked a lot different than the one that was put out by Quinnipiac. Mm -hmm. Um, as you pointed out, Quinnipiac was, uh, you know, landlines, live interviews on landlines and cell phones. The Reuters one was uh, pre predominantly, if not exclusively online, from, mm -hmm. from what I understand. And so <laughs> two very different polls and, and mm -hmm. two very different results. <laughs> I, I mean, everything yeah. within single digits. But is it your assessment that the that Quinnipiac one is a more accurate assessment of where the electorate is right now? I, I'd say the real the, right now, the race is somewhere in between. Um, which would be in Cruz's favor by mm -hmm. low single digits. Per yeah, the, the, the poll that has O'Rourke in front, although it's within the margin, is the outlier here. Most of mm -hmm. these polls, you know, right. from the time we yeah, did a poll. Yeah, that's the first in, one I've seen. That's... From the time we did our poll in June until now, we've seen a bunch of single digit polls that have Cruz in the lead. The the one this morning from Reuters is the first one, I think, that had O'Rourke in the lead. Yeah, I think it's the only public poll that is, or first public poll that has mm -hmm. had him in the and lead. Let, and let it be said that the demographic breakdown of the sample of the Reuters poll is from Pluto, <laughs> right? I mean, the idea that the sample is almost equally Republicans and mm -hmm. Democrats, and right. they we're supposed to take that as a representative sample for Right, I mean, it's like purposes. the sample if we were in like a Florida, like a swing, like a real swing state, right? Yeah. right. which we aren't, but <laughs> I mean, it basically imagines like what a complete transformation mm. of the uh, Texas electorate would you be. Know, you know, you, you, you poll all the voters and you basically make your build your screen for what you think a likely voter is and 
if the likely voter that you select turns out to be like the likely voter on election day, then your poll is right. And, you know, one of these polls has to be wrong. Their, their likely voter samples are yeah. different. So and, who's and a likely this, voter? I mean, how, what are the things that they use to determine who's a likely you voter? You do things like, say, are you registered to vote? Do you vote in uh, either you, you ask them, have you voted in the last few elections? Or you actually check and say, are you a double R or a double D or, mm -hmm. you know, a voter who votes in all elections? You just look at the records. There's a bunch of ways to do that. That, but you're trying to figure out which of the registered voters, what 33% or so of the registered voters are actually the people who are going to get off their couches and vote in the election. Mm -hmm. and, and look, th what is the purpose of these polls these days? They're for entertainment purposes only. They mean nothing. You know, the, the poll yesterday, the Reuters well, poll. I think they're consequential, actually. I think they, they affect fundraising, they affect organization. Well, and also, we do them. We do them, so if they're just for entertainment, well, Jim we should be saving that money. Um, no, I'm about to go, actually, <laughs> Ross, exactly where you landed with this. They're not conclusive from a political standpoint. Right. But they create a, a discussion that the campaign can, can uh, broadcast to the heavens. You know, the nine-point poll yesterday that was the cruise uh, over O'Rourke and Quinnipiac, we in the newsroom were talking about this in advance of it, and I think that no one thought that that poll was going to have Cruz as far up as it was. Well, the conversation online yesterday and in political, the political universe was, well, so much for the idea that this race is close, and so much for the idea that the Senate's in play, so much for this whole, you know, Beto enthusiasm. There were online uh, publications that were basically running wet blanket journalism off of this poll yesterday. Right. Well, then we wake up today, and now all of a sudden there's a poll that has Beto up by two, and now it's again like the Beatles landing at JFK with him. You know, old people are fainting and young girls are screaming again. The smile, I mean, the sweaty shirts, right? the grin. So, so the, what does it the do? Hair. Well, Beto fundraises off of bad news, and he fundraises off of good news. Cruz fundraises off of good news, and he fundraises off of bad news. Right. So it's meaningless politically, but it's consequential from a campaign standpoint. Right? Mm -hmm. right? It, just doesn't tell you, it just doesn't tell you what's going to happen. Because we don't know. One thing that stood out to me in the Quinnipiac poll, and again, just one poll, obviously just kind of a singular snapshot, is is how among likely voters it seems like there is just these there's just a not much room left for voters who are persuadable. You had it was right. fifty four. 45? It was 54, right. 45, 45, so one. So 1% undecided. undecided on the right. ballot Earth test. To Neil and and even right. if, you, if you look at the favorability ratings, uh, O'Rourke, who used to be, um, I guess, to registered voters, used to be um, unknown to a majority of registered voters statewide. Once you get to likely voters, his favorability in that is 42, 43, I believe. Um, so just barely above water and Cruises only 15% left who didn't know enough about him to have an opinion. So among likely voters, uh, people, you know, who at least Quinnipiacs are going to vote in, in November, he's become a pretty known entity, and it's they're, they're pretty divided on him. And Cruz's was a little bit more positive, wasn't it? Over it, it 50? Was. Yeah, yeah, Cruz was several points above water. Don't you think that a poll with 1% undecided is weird? No, I in this you know, well, I do think race? it's weird, and I do think I more people than that. I mean, if you just look at the past results, the third party candidate here, Neil Dykeman, is the only one that'll be on the ballot. There's some write ins. That'll be two and a half or three percent of the vote. So I don't, I don't you know, I think that one percent will expand. Right. It, what's, always, what's, it always is. Right. The libertarian always gets a couple points. What's interesting here, you know, Patrick points out that, you know, a lot of these people, most of these people say they have decided. And that means that this isn't going to be a race about the rest of this race isn't going to be about persuading a Democrat to vote Republican or a Republican to vote Democratic. It's going to be 
convincing Democrats to turn out and convincing Republicans to turn out. And whoever can turn out their voters, I know that's an old line, but when everybody's mm -hmm. decided, the only difference in the race is gonna be who turns out their voters. And that's why when people say all the time, I had a question asked to me this morning, who's gonna win the race in, in November, Senate race? Right. My response is, tell me who voted on election day and I'll tell you who's gonna right. win. Mm -hmm. right. Because until then, nothing matters. We're what, not gonna know. What evidence do we have anywhere that Democrats can turn out their voters in Texas? Well, com you know, we have, competence and past performance is absolutely not enough. You know, you've got the changing results that we've already talked about in Dallas County, which is a blue county, Harris County, which is um, about to be a blue county like Dallas. It's, it's really dark purple right now. Uh, those are, you know, big number, you know, a, a small change in turnout is a large number of people in those places. Uh, San Antonio is just weird. I mean, it used to be a, rela a reliable democratic place. And as we pointed out, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of um, smaller races, legislative races, congressional races have gone um, Republican in some ways. So there's some, some weirdness there. You know, it's hard to say the electorate's changing when you keep getting the same results. We keep getting 15 and 20 point spreads in statewide races with Republicans on top. What's interesting, you know, above everything else in the Cruz and O'Rourke race is that, hey, maybe this one's not a 20-point race. That's unusual. I was going to say, this is kind of unrelated, but is, is someone willing to bet that Bear County is going to be closer in the Senate race than Harris County is? I or is am. That, or is, is that a safe I am. Bet? Yeah. Oh, Mr. Bet, Mr. He's going to bet County you a bag of Reese's yeah. peanut butter cup Cheetos. Do you not, uh, <laughs> Chester <laughs> Cheeto? Do you not believe that, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that 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 this is going to be the case? I mean, don't you think? No, I, I do. I'm willing. I'm asking who would like to join me. <laughs> me, I would. Well, for That's all not the a same, not, if we're all the same side, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Someone has to oppose you. Yeah. Okay, so no one opposes me. That, I guess that's what I was getting at. You know, I am Spartacus. I, that was your I am Spartacus I'm moment. not going to say I agree Sorry. with you either. I, I don't really know. I'll <laughs> oppose you just for grins. Okay. Just in case. Okay. Everybody's yeah. got to vote for the underdog. I don't know. All right. Well, look, I think Greg Abbott, honestly, but I will say this, one of the reasons that it's going to be the case that Bear County is closer is because Greg Abbott is focusing a lot of his attention mm -hmm. on Bear County again. Right. right. Don't you think? Don't you think they the most interesting thing here is going to be what does the Senate race do to straight ticket voting? It's our last straight ticket election. Greg Abbott's doing fine, except he's got to be looking up and going, you know, what are they going to do to my straight ticket voters up mm -hmm. there? Yep. I think that's going to be fascinating in the big counties in particular where um, our Ryan Murphy and a crew so went you think in and found that 64% of Texas voters in 2016 voted straight tickets. And and if you're anywhere other than in the top race, you've got to be looking up and wondering if there's a hole so in the So all the bays for Beto show up to vote for the Senate race and they just start voting Democratic down the line. They just hit, or, the, no, they they hit just, the straight they ticket. They, they don't point. vote they down the, the line. They, they just hit pull the straight, a lever. Straight straight they hit the straight ticket lever. Right. All right, that's all the time we have. I just want to remind you that it's day three of our fall member drive. Help us reach our goal of 350 new members by donating now at texastribune.org give. Join today and you'll be among the first to receive our brand new member decals. Bonus points if we see you sporting yours at our live Tribcast recording at the festival next week. What does bonus points mean? Bonus points, I'm like, you, you know, donut, you're even mean? more awesome. Okay. Thanks to UT Austin and MD Anderson, uh, the MD Anderson Boot Walk and the Texas Conference for Women, our sponsors this week. On behalf of Evan, Ross, Patrick, Agnes, and our producers, Todd and Bobby, this is Emily. Thanks for listening. Texas
idea when your four-year-old is going, look at her butt. <laughs> Thanks, pal.